titties in my face. That's an easy way to hit your opponent in the dick and balls without hitting your opponent in the dick and balls. I'm probably not going to punch him in the nuts, but I'm going to look for an opening for a nut shot, and that's what I'm going to take. I mean, a sexual encounter can be a lot of different things, so she might have just showed some leg. Well, he he's going to ride again. Oh, no! about now that she's got gigantic tits. You would have thought that he was gripping the side of the Grand Canyon about to fall to his death. You just threw me a fucking dustpan. I got him! I bring a goddamn chainsaw to the ring. I'm talking about him, so... Duke and Rogue, this is our Series 2 finale. We're covering WrestleMania 14 today. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And he's Kevin Rogue. We're good friends. We're going to talk about a wrestling show. Hey! <laughs> hey, thanks, buddy. That was, that was for you, big guy. Yeah, thanks, man. That was real sweet of you, you dickhead. It's been promoted from sidekick to faithful steed to now just we're we're gonna be friends now okay we'll be friends starting now starting now All okay right. good good uh, oh this son fuck, of a bitch f- fuck the last 30 years <laughs> we're friends starting now <laughs> mark your calendar man all right all right why are you gonna take me out to dinner next year perhaps i hope you do what do you want um, I'm going to go with a nice lettuce wrap. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, I actually just had that for lunch. I don't know where to find a lettuce wrap. You just take your lettuce and you wrap it. Is the lettuce acting as the grain product in this situation? Uh, yeah, like a tortilla, but it's a lettuce. That's wild, man. Yeah, well, that's, the, I mean, come on, now let us wrap conversation. This is very exciting. So why don't you go ahead and tell me where this son of a bitch took place? This son of a bitch took place on March 29th, 1998 at the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts. The Fleet Center? Wasn't that the, 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 wasn't that the TD Garden? I think it was the Fleet Center. Fleet Center in Boston? Let me check this. I don't, that doesn't sound right. I think the Fleet Center is in. It's the Fleet Center. What the fuck are you making a big whoop about here? I don't make big whoops, but are you sure? Where where are you getting your. Yeah. (laughs) It's on the online, man. (laughs) I didn't realize that arenas were such a hot button issue. (laughs) Well, it's just you being being convinced of falsehoods. Oh, man. It's all about the truth on this show, man. Yeah, like our friendship. <laughs> well, the main event tonight, we got the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, defending his world title against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mike Tyson is the guest. We also have The Undertaker versus Kane for the first time. And this is going to be a good one. I remember this show fondly and looking forward to going through it again. One thing we did not get to see was the DX band at the beginning of the show. They performed America the Beautiful, Star Spangled Banner, kind of really shitty. Not available on the network slash on the Peacock, but 
I did a little little dig in here, and I guess you know it did create some heat for the the bad guys. So McMahon appreciated the negative reaction that that the crowd got at the event. Um, so so did they really just they really just kind of did their own version of the song? Then I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't listen to it. It's bad. Yeah, real real bad. Gotcha. Yeah, there's like no melody to it or anything. It's uh, okay guy bitching about america you know so you're saying you would rather have had like um the farmer's daughter to take care of it they had it a little more together than the dx man i don't know it's usually i i guess i guess it was good to mix things up you know um, yeah so i'm not gonna not gonna fault him for the choice there i am gonna fault him though for not including it on the peacock because i mean it wasn't on the the home video either oh it must have just been live yeah yeah it was not on the the i, I can't remember if coliseum video was still doing the releases at this time but i have that tape and it is not on it hmm. you got the tape oh yeah i got all these tapes man uh so yeah we get a uh we get another opening package narrated by the voice guy uh, we get a flashback video juxtaposed with the rogues of today. Hey, that's your name, dude. I'm the rogue of today. I mean, you've been given these, as the guy with the voice say, rogues a tough time this season. How do you how do you feel about sharing a kinship with them? Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I got what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really bother me a lot. I thought the cool part about the opening for this was the like the flashbacks, like seeing you know Andre and and all the guys from from yesteryear. But that's that's the only thing that I really took out of the opening that I really enjoyed. That those those DX shirts with the red X on them. Do you remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have Did you have one? No. I must have had one then. I had a DX. I might have had a couple DX shirts. I wish I still had all my old shirts. I got I got uh, one of the original DX shirts. Do you? Oh yeah. Bought it at uh, or no, my wife bought it for me from an antique store. Oh, well, you got you a keeper there. Tag still on it, so why don't you suck it? <laughs> yeah, this thing kicks off in interesting fashion. The opening contest is a fifteen team. That's a thirty man over over the top battle royal for the number one contendership for the tag championships. Should we list all these teams? You got them in front of you? I got them. If you got them, yeah, because there was certain parts I was like, what are the, who's what are the, Black, this, Blackman and Scorpio are buddies now? Like, there was, there was things in there that I wasn't quite sure of. Yeah, this was something else because it's a battle royal, so all the all the guys are in there to begin with. Yeah. And it's just, uh, just a, uh, I don't know, a flesh farm in there. So we got two Los Bariquas teams. We got the Godwins. We got LOD 2000 with Sonny. We got the Truth Commish, Headbangers, Too Much, the Harris Brothers, Chains and Bradshaw, which was a fucked up pairing. Yeah. Uh, were they going to make JBL a biker, you think? You think that's, that's where they're going? That's where I, I saw that when they were like, yeah, Chains and Bradshaw are teaming up. And I was like, huh, interesting. Maybe Bradshaw is going to be now part of the DOA, and he is going to ride again. That would have made sense. I'd take, yeah. Brad, I'd take Bradshaw over Crush. Crush, as he's been on 
He's been a part of too many of our episodes for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> this guy is just a, a hall of famer of stiffs. As far as uh, as far as early to mid nineties WWF goes. Yeah. And then we got the Rock and Roll Express from the NWA. We got two Nation of Domination teams. We got the Quebecers. We got Flash Funk and Steve Blackman. Yeah, it's very another odd pairing. And then we got the new Midnight Express with Bombastic Bob Holly and Bodacious Park. <laughs> Man, so two things stick out to me right away. The new Midnight Express, awesome, right? Perf. The Rock and Roll Express, always good, right? Always positive. Good, good to see them. The other thing is, is that they open, and most of the teams are already around the arena, or around that. Sorry, they're around the ring. The Nation are the first team that on the broadcast you get to see, and then LOD's music hits, and they're wearing masks and shoulder pads, and they're wearing some leg leg type of uh, stuff, and Sonny's with them, and. Sonny is fantastic. I don't, I don't know what to say about uh, uh, Sonny in this role, but I don't, I don't know why you put Sonny with LOD and make them LOD 2000. That's the part I don't get. Like they were going to get huge pops no matter what. So why, why repackage LOD with Sonny and have it react like it's the best thing that you've done since you're able to watch porn on your telephone. You're looking for an answer here? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, we throw Sonny. Sonny's been in all sorts of positions. (laughs) You can watch some of those on your phone. (laughs) And, okay, with the minis, right, and a few other interesting positions she's been in, she's made she makes she enhances what she's around so simply put that's probably where they were going with it um why do it with the lod though uh they're you know the new age outlaws got the best of them so they apparently needed to need some fresh gas in the tank i guess what i don't i thought what i don't like is the fucking dirt biker masks helmets what the fuck are you doing it's weird it's 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 these guys have they have face paint you don't need face paint in a helmet? No, that's not the way it works. You can't They're, wrestle in a helmet? Well, I mean, they take them off. They weren't going to do that. Their face paint is a little bit different, too. But wouldn't it wouldn't it have been better? This is this is my my thought. But you already got Cornette. Cornette's with the Rock and Roll Express and the new Midnight Express. Why don't you give why don't you give Sonny the new Midnight Express? Well, that's the Jim Cornette team. Okay, so he can't share. He sure shared Yokozuna with Fuji. That's a good point. I wouldn't have minded it. It would have it would have enhanced that tag team for sure. Yeah. Um, or yeah. put put, put Sonny with Blackman and Scorpio. See what happens. Yeah. So another team would have benefited more from Sonny. Right. What you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Did you know that there were several incarnations of the Midnight Express? And the most recent one had uh, defected eight years prior to this. This match is something else. What I don't like about it right off the bat, you'd probably guess this. When one guy's eliminated, his team's eliminated. 
That's dumb. It should have been yeah. everybody's got to go and, you know, last guy your team wins. Yep. I mean, what it just makes it needlessly confusing, and you got guys like me that don't like it. So I don't yeah, like Mark, it. Yeah, Mark Henry sure shit didn't know what was going on. <laughs> My his, God, his, he took a tumble. His teammate was eliminated like four or five minutes before he was. I'm like, oh, we don't know what Mark Henry's doing still in there. Well, he doesn't understand he doesn't understand battle royals or royal rumbles clearly <laughs> no idea what's going on savio was eliminated first i thought that was bullshit he probably should have won and then kurgan comes out and eliminates the old truth commission the guys. camera guy totally misses the spot yep so first thing we see is kurgan just uh you know he's already walking to the back yeah, he missed, <laughs> yeah, he missed the spot. just totally missed the spot confusion and then everywhere old, Old blonde Barry comes running past him to get in the ring. Attack <laughs> Jay and said, "Yeah, yeah, cool." So, Mister Wyndham, who's I guess his role in the Federation is just to cause Blackjack Bradshaw some problems these days. Now, he, yeah, he comes out, tosses chains out, and now Bradshaw's eliminated, which is yeah. you know go, it goes back to this uh, stipulation that I don't much care for. It's a weird team. They could have uh, Bradshaw could have ridden again as a as a biker. It worked out good for him and Farouk in the end. You know, uh, That's a good point. A- APA is a great team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of booze in this, and I'm not sure who it was directed towards. I think just the match itself. It was not an easy like it was not an easy match to watch. It wasn't super fun. I guess usually battle royals are great. But the tag team and just ma- having so many matched up tag teams, when LOD was announced, you knew LOD was going to win. Yeah. It would have made, I think, to me at least, it would have made more sense to have the new Midnight Express win. Uh, but to have LOD come out and LOD 2000, all that kind of stuff, you knew that that was, that was a wrap for that. It was all right. The, I mean, LOD does end up winning. The best part about the match was Sonny. Yeah, I made note here that King told us that Sonny was hot on several occasions. Yeah, well, that's and he's, uh, he's not wrong. That plays into her her attire, right? She had like right, flame, yeah. fly, flames over her bosoms. Her, I don't know what uh, <laughs> her entertainment center. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her, her entertainment center was on fire. Uh, so. <laughs> Another, do you think that stipulation kind of ruined this match? Yeah, or was, or was it going to be a shit show regardless? I think it was probably going to be a shit show regardless. But if you do have it set up where both members of your team have to be eliminated, there's more that you can do with it. So, yeah, it was like for Battle Royals, this was not one of the more enjoyable ones, especially as far as like wrestling WrestleMania, you know, usually has the battle, some form of battle Royal. Um, and this one, well, I guess it was not, was not very enjoyable. Yeah. I thought it was a cool way to start off the show though. You know, it's, it's different. It was quick, thankfully. Um, you know, it's kind of a precursor to, uh, well, actually, no, it went back further than this. They always seem to try to get everybody on WrestleMania, which is cool. Yeah. Um, we get the, we get the damn uh, Godwins with their slop buckets. This is just a recurring spot. Yeah. Uh, every time they're 
every time they lose, they come back with their buckets. Um, so we're happy for them. And the yeah, I thought it was a it was a good showing by the Midnight Express. I would have, you know, they probably viewed the LOD as like, okay, these these are, you know, this is the legendary LOD. This is the you know the best we got. We gotta they've lost something. We gotta you know we're giving them something. We're getting a big big push here. I don't know. They're starting on a high note. All right, the crowd loves LOD. Yeah, they do. They they would have they would have been you know, pelt and cornet with uh, popcorn and soda bottles, I think, if the ex- Express would have won. Yeah, but I still think they should have. If not the Express, then Savio. They didn't even give Savio a chance. Savio never, yeah, they didn't give him a chance at all. Well, it would have been, been another thing, the- and I, I know that I've been, I've been kind of on a kick on this the, pretty much the entire season, but what if Kurgan came down instead of just eliminating Sniper or Recon, whichever Yahoo he eliminated. What if he came down and just started headlocking motherfuckers, right? Just headlocking them? Headlocking them and throwing them out. Okay, is he he's not an entrant in the in the fray though? No, he's not, but you tell him he can't be there. He'll put you in a headlock and you'll start flopping around like a bitch. You're not wrong. So wouldn't that be something if he came down and he just started eliminating take that would have been great. All right. I just figured it out. This is how this match would have been fun for me. All right. We don't usually do this. We're just going to rebook the, the opening match here. at WrestleMania. <laughs> All right. Same thing, right? Everything, same, everything. But you know what happens is Kurgan comes down. You can even still have LOD win. I don't give a shit, but Kurgan's going to come down and he is going to eliminate every single team in this match. Every single fucking one. He's going to lay waste to the tag team division. That's a hell of a push, man. Yeah, Kurgan just denied it. And you know why? Because then him and Jackal, they can make a push for the tag team titles. And Kurgan doesn't speak much English when he's out there either. Did you notice that? He never really talks. No, no. Like I said, the camera guy missed it initially, and I didn't even, you know, if they wouldn't have gone back with the replay, it's like I wouldn't even known he was there. Yeah, um, he he kind of sounds like uh, almost like a drunk Fred Fred Flintstone in a lot of ways when he's out there. <laughs> like whenever he's yelling, he kind of sounds like he's trying to say "yabba dabba do," <laughs> but he's, his his voice is all deep and slurred. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this opening contest. All right, you know, give Kurgan a bigger role. Maybe it would have been all right, but it was. Like I said it was. It was more cool to just see all these teams yeah. than the act than the action really you know at the end the we get the lod giving simultaneous clotheslines to the uh the express they get the victory they're going to be getting a title shot at the next pay-per-view which we will not be covering quick side note here yeah. a, ver- a version of the midnight express in the 80s had the hockey talk man in it wow Suck me sideways. That's very uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most famous uh, version or whatever configuration was the last one with uh, the Earl of Eaton and uh, Stan Lane, I think. Stan, Stan Lane, yeah. But I had no idea that there was a few other expresses. Uh, they were all managed by James E. What do you think about the bodies being absent here? Boy, was the bodies a, in this match. There a, was there a death in the family or something? You would think that they would have been a shoe in uh let's see this would have been 98 
I am relatively certain by this time that Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey is doing jobs in WCW as Jimmy Graffiti. Really? Yeah. That's a good take. Well, it's WrestleMania. I figured, you know, got to see see what the bodies are up to, at least. I'm glad we touched on it. If the bodies did show up and they didn't win, I wouldn't have recorded this episode. Well, it's best for everybody. Next up, we got a video package from earlier in the weekend. We got the DX public workout. Did they do group suckets? <laughs> do you think that's what the, the the group workout was about? I'm not sure. I know they do this shit in like uh, boxing and in MMA where it's like a public workout. So you go watch the guy. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if it was just going to be a crowd doing crotch chops. Right, or... right. No, they, they go and they go watch the guy do some shadow boxing and kick the air and stuff. But what, what you do in wrestling as far as a public workout, I'm not really sure. I do know that they, they didn't expect the amount of people there that were there. I think they expected like a thousand people maybe. And it would be, I forget who, it might have been Ross that said they think around 4,000 showed up. So mm. Tyson, man, you might not like him. I don't think you do. In the crowd, everybody boos him, but he he brought a lot of attention to the to the uh, the product. I don't know if it was just Tyson. I mean, Austin's well, pretty pretty hot right now too. That's true. Maybe it was a coincidence. I'm not sure, but you know, you notice when Tyson is there, it's a huge deal. This this WrestleMania drew more than any other event that they'd ever done. You know, all right. So, all right. Well, anyways, we'll get to we'll get to Iron Mike later. He and HBK kiss Stone Cold uh, at, this group, at this group workout, <laughs> a little three way action. Uh, we get a clip of Austin on Regis, and then Flash Funk is on some random show. I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah, just some something with some kids. We got the VIP dinner. Nothing really, nothing like we got these days. As far as you know, big big old WrestleMania weekend with the Hall of Fame and the access or whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah. But next up, we got Takamichinoku defending his light heavyweight championship against Agula. Man, this is your favorite match of the year. And the other interesting thing is, do you know who Agula is? S.A. Rios. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. You're right. It is S.A. Rios. You want me to edit that out? No. <laughs> this was not as in, not quite as enjoyable as uh the Taka Pantera match in my opinion. Okay. But it, it was right there though. See, I enjoyed um, this more than the the Taka Pantera match. You like Aguila more than Pantera? I think Aguila Pantera would have been a fantastic match. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right there. They did a lot of they did a lot of they did a lot of big spots. They didn't build to a lot of big spots. So at one point it just seemed like they were tra- trading, trading shots to go over the top rope, yeah. which was a little disconnected. They had some, I mean, some great flying uh, arm bars and, and flying, well, not flying arm bars, flying, like a flying wrist lock and flying. I mean, pretty much every move that they did, there was flying involved. It was a very exciting match. Uh, Aguila hits three different kinds of arm drags. Yeah. in a row which was very impressive 
I've noticed that Taka's matches are very predictable. We've only covered three, but he does the same high spots. They only seem to give these guys, you know, I mean, it makes sense because they're working two, three times faster than everybody else, but they only seem to give them, you know, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Pretty short, but they get a lot of, a lot of action in there for sure. He does this suicide dive corkscrew plancha. Yeah. Which is just beautiful. Well, yeah, because Aguila has a like a great moonsault, and then Taka does a jump and fly, and then Aguila does this jumping, spinning, flying move. It was, I mean, they were definitely, they were definitely allowed to 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 hit the air. That's for sure. And it was, it was, it was decent. Watching it, the thing that I thought of the most was the W. So the WCW Cruiserweights always opened up Nitro. Well, not always, but generally most of the time would open up nitro and that was like the get the crowd up right because they're doing these crazy fun flying moves and it, it draws people in and it's 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 intriguing so comparing what taka and Aguila are doing to say you know cyclope and Rey mysterio to open a match or psychosis and and oh man a super colo to open a a, a nitro I don't think they're that. I don't think they're that far off. So it's kind of it's kind of a wonder why the lightweight division gets shit on so much in comparison to the cruiserweight division. Not saying that the cruiserweights were better, because I think from a talent standpoint, a lot of them were. But I don't think that there's that big of a gap with this match or with the Pantera match either. No, these goes. these guys are the same caliber of of uh, of guys. I think you know we 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 didn't see a lot of them though. It's like the cruiserweights were always there. That's something that stayed put there. Right. I think I think that's the first we've seen of a light heavyweight title in the Federation, and it's only around for a couple of years, really. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't given enough of a chance. But these guys can these guys can fly just as just as high as anybody who's you know doing the WCW thing. He covered most of the high spots. Like I mentioned, I've noticed Taka's matches are pretty routine. He'll do his crazy bump over the top rope. He'll miss a moonsault. Mm-hmm. Right? And that whole exchanging misses and high-impact moves. That Michinoku driver never really hit me as this devastating finisher. No. Especially no. compared to a lot of this other shit that they're doing, like he he catches uh, he catches Aguila going for a Hurricane Rana and power bombs his ass, and that look that looks more devastating than a than a Michinoku driver. But it's like a, what do they call it? A protected finisher at this point in time, where you know he just yeah. hits him and it's done. I would like to know if there's history behind the Michinoku driver. I, I haven't looked it up or anything like that, but if it was a finisher that was handed down to him. Or what you know what I mean, what the deal is with that that finish, why that is his finish as opposed to some some of the incredible things he can do with uh, aerial assault. Did he or Hoovy do it first? You think Hmm. This is right about the same time. It's the same move. Yeah. I wonder. I would I would guess Taka had it first, but I don't know. Hoovy's Hoovy's Hoovy driver was a little <laughs> yeah. bit was a little bit different than the the Taka driver, but I think that's just in solely in who's delivering it more than anything else. It's the exact same move, but it's it's got a little snap on it. 
uh, Takas doesn't have the same type of snap. Hmm. So Taka picks up the victory and retains his title. And this was a very exciting match. I, I enjoyed this thing a lot. Like I said, the division, I think we've already lost the minis. We get no minis in this card. And the, I think the light heavyweight division sticks around for a couple of years, but I'm not sure. Next up, we got Jennifer Flowers sitting down with the People's Intercontinental Champion. Oh, man. So this is the shit I was talking about on the preview episode to this, this, this season of episodes. The political reporter person talking to the Rock at WrestleMania 14, I picked as worst segment. That was in my uh, in the in the. Preview oh show. yeah, yeah. What do you think now that you've seen it? Yeah, I think I'm right. Do you know who Jen Flowers is? Yeah, she nailed the the President Bill. That's what she's famous for. Well, I mean, according to documents, it just says it had a sexual encounter. So we don't know if <laughs> we don't know if that's uh, they. You know, we don't know if there was uh, insertion in anything below the equator or above the equator. <laughs> we, I mean, a sexual encounter can be a lot of different things. So uh, it might have just been a might have just been a TJ might have just tug jobbed him. But we don't we don't know for sure what it was just because they labeled it as a sexual encounter. Sexual encounter. She might have just showed some leg. Well, he paddled himself. We don't know. Sexual encounter is a very vague term. So. I thought this was all right. I thought this was entertaining. I thought it was crap. You don't you don't like the rocks shtick? I don't like Jen Flowers. And the oral and moral like ah, the jokes that, just that was that was dumb, sure. It's as dumb as don't be silly and you know, put a cap on your willy or whatever the fuck it was yeah, the uh, time through. It it well it it, it sucked. It, the, it sucked. There was a the rock was on a roll for a little bit, which I liked. I don't know. This is like still kind of early, early stage rock, but his, the number of times he referred to himself as the rock. Yep. It was about 20. Um, he, <laughs> there's one quick thing I wanted to mention. He, um, uh, so the lovely Jen flowers asked him what he would do if he were the leader of the country. And he, <laughs> first thing he says is he'd make himself the ruler right because the, <laughs> the term leader is beneath the rock i thought that was yeah. that that was pretty funny and she asked him what he'd do about the homeless situation he says he doesn't give a damn about the homeless as long as they keep keep their asses off his freshly mowed grass <laughs> <laughs> which is which is good you know but yeah. uh i'd rather this or gold dust reading that's a fair point yeah I mean, we'll get to it in the recap show. Okay, tune in next time, and we'll flesh this thing out. Next up, what do we got? European title? Is that what you got? H and Owen, yeah. Yeah, this this feud has been brewing here. Um, got a flashback to Triple H working over Owen's injured ankle on the war zone. Now, this is the first clip I've seen where it said war zone, right? At this time, they divided the show up into whatever what was it rise war in the war zone yeah they were they were the same show but two different shows so uh you want to explain this to somebody we just think of monday night raw right is there yeah. any difference between the the two or is that we just call it the nine o'clock hour the fucking rise war in the 10 o'clock hour war zone or so there was there is an actual reason why they did it i don't remember what it was off the top of my head i want to say it was either 
I think it was JR that explained why it was clipped up into two. One is Ra's War and the other one is the War Zone. The War Zone tended to be a little bit more adult. Mm. But I don't remember what the what the reasoning behind it was. I mean, Nitro Nitro did something that was very similar where they had the first hour was the guys down at ringside covering the action and they had it was Zabisco and I forget who it was with Zabisco. It was it might have been Zabisco and Shivani. And then for the second hour in Nitro, it was like Bobby, Mike, and Eric Bischoff. So, you know what I mean? Just it, they did something very similar. There is a reason to it, or there was at least back then. I don't remember what that was, though. So, yeah, we got European title on the line. Um, China is going to be handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter at ringside. Would you rather be handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter or handcuffed to China? I don't know, man. Do I got to pick? You got to pick, yeah. I'll take Slaughter because he's still alive. Oh, that's not good. I'm not talking about in today's times. I'm not, we're not digging up and handcuffing you to a to a to a corpse. I'm talking about what, back then. What as a as a ten year old boy? China, China, she's got boobs, man. As a ten-year-old boy, <laughs> no, man. What I'm saying is, is that <laughs> are we talking about thirty-five-year-old me back in? Yes, yes. I'm talking about. Come on. Uh, I'm talking about you now. Back then, <laughs> who would you rather be handcuffed to? Ooh, China's pretty mean. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the crazy broads, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, like, Sarge, I would feel protected, I think. He seems like a reasonable guy. Yeah. But like I said, I do enjoy <laughs> enjoy the uh, the crazy roller coaster. So, it'd be a coin flip. Huh, interesting. All right. Yeah, I'll go with China if she's still alive, sure. Okay. Huh. So, uh, we got to mention this. China has gone through quite the transformation this year. Looks like a different person. She looks a little bit, she's, you know, had some work done. Good for her. If she's, it helps her to feel better about herself. Yeah, she, she looks great. Just uh, another, another thing worth pointing out here in this uh, year of journey we've been on. Um, you're, you're talking about now that she's got gigantic tits, right? Well, in the face. <laughs> Wait, she's got gigantic tits in the face? Titties in my face. <laughs> Oh, we might have to watch it here. <laughs> we should just go with it until we get a complaint. I mean, why not? Fuck. All right. So Owen should have never changed his entrance music. We covered this. Yeah, it's not good now. It He's sucks. in his seventh WrestleMania, though. That yeah, did he debut me. Blue Blazer? Was that WrestleMania 5? Yeah, it was like four or five. So he gets a big advantage at the beginning of this thing. He hits a spear, hits a hurricane run, a bunch of other well-executed maneuvers. It's moving fast. Uh, Triple H finally gets some offense in. Seems like forever. It was only a few minutes, though. It was a lot of, lot of offense in the first few minutes by Owen. Uh, this is the first time I've, first time in this run that I've heard Ric Flair woos for knife edge chops, which was hmm. cool. I guess I didn't pick up on that. It's a universal thing these days, obviously, but especially yeah. something happening while Nature Boy is still out there throwing out the real deal on the other show. It's pretty yeah. cool. So the crowd is the crowd is awesome for this whole show. Um, really enhances the 
they're just really into what's going on. It um, does really enhance the the viewing of the show when the crowd is this into it, which is which is wonderful. I mean, we look at look back at like uh, the Canadian Stampede episode, and the crowd was hot for the entire thing. Uh, this is another crowd that's pretty hot for the entire thing. I did want to ask though, because in this match, Owen, I believe it's Owen. I could be getting confused here. Owen pulls Triple H and pulls, he does, uh, he's outside, pulls Triple H. So his ding ding gets hit by the ring post. Yes. Wouldn't that be a DQ type of a situation? Or can you use just the, like, you throw him on top of the rope, I suppose that's a low blow, but it kind of, it's okay because you're using the. This goes back to a similar conversation we had last episode uh, regarding one's ring gear. If that's all fair game, I'm pretty sure everything in the stage, like I'm pretty sure the ring and what's connected to it is fair game. Okay. Even the tables. I think the whole staging area really. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of one of those referees discretion type of deals. Um, But it goes back to season one where you determine that the ringside area is like international waters. I keep on forgetting that. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, Yeah. That that spot was nice to see. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't seen any more of that. That's a classic, classic. Uh, what do you call it? low blow? That's an easy way to hit your opponent in the dick and balls without hitting your opponent in the dick and balls. Right. Right. Yeah. You just pull them. It's... Just pull them. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. If I was a wrestler, I would definitely do that move a lot. Might be yeah. my finish. I think that'd be a poor finish. Um, but what if I what if I pulled and then I put my foot up on the ring post and I kept on pulling? <laughs> submission hold? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to some more blurred line territory there because I think you have to be in the ring as well. Okay. For a submission yeah. to happen. We're going to have to get a copy of the rule book here before we start our next series so we can be a little more knowledgeable. That's a good idea. Um. So, back to the match here. Owen gets busted open with a, I think he gets a boot to the face. Um, and he mounts a comeback, pulls Triple H's junk into the post. We just covered that. Uh, and he goes through. He's got a similar sort of shtick to the Hitman, which is really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he'll give you his greatest hits package in a couple of minutes. Right. You know? Hit you with the missile drop kick, the spinning wheel kick, the insiguri to kick. Just great to see. We'd uh, probably the most underrated guy of the time. Um, he wasn't really in the main event scene. He, he really could have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a, a lovely headbutt to the junk. Oh, and so that to Triple H. That setup was fucking perfect too, because it was a pedigree counter into a. That was that sharpshooter counter into a kick him in the the damn into the damn uh, the he hits the corner and then he just falls face forward right into his dick. That's a great spot, man. Well, see now there's another thing. Is that going to be a DQ because they're both inside the ring and he just headbutts him right in the Buells? Owen is such a professional though. He had just got he had just taken some sort of a. It was like him doing a Ric Flair flop. 
It kind of was. It was, it was it was a good spot, man. You can't disqualify somebody for, you know, Ric Flair flop, I don't think. Just Yeah, it was pedigree counter to sharpshooter counter to head to the dick. That's well, sweet, man. That's a good that's a good spot. I think anytime there's a Jenny spot, though, it's usually a pretty good spot. Yeah. Especially when you got a couple of all-timers like these guys. Uh, speaking of an all-timer, China. Um, well, at, at this time, the game gets he's, – he's in a sharpshooter. He's in a bad way. China gives slaughter the salt to the eyes simultaneously here. And as far as all-timers go with the Nards Plow, China, right up there. Yeah. Uh, just connects right in the – Right, right, square in the junk. Uh, with Owen Hart, Triple yeah, H, she, uh, Triple H is right. able to get a pedigree and uh, gets the victory. What do you, what do you got there? I said I liked the ending to this this match because China still got involved. I don't know that handcuffing her to Sarge might be not the way I would go. I might put her in like a cage above the ring or something to make sure that she's certainly not going to be involved handcuffing or disarge doesn't really do a lot to ensure that she's not going to be involved. The powder spot was pretty good. The low blow was, she is one of the best at the low blow, the Nards plow specifically, but this one, she kind of missed. She kind of Nards plowed him in the inner thigh. It was kind of a thigh plow. Sentiment was there. Yeah, but the sentiment was there. Triple H, you know, Triple H retains. They walk away champ. So it was all right. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um Oh, you want something funny. Uh so I put on some old WrestleMania's last night, you know, as I was going to bed. And I woke up and I was probably five o'clock in the morning. And China was teaming with too much. <laughs> <laughs> they were going against the radicals. Forget what media was at, but she broke her pants and her pants her pants were starting to fall down and Scotty Tuati was helping pull them up. That was pretty funny. China related. <laughs> Anyways, woke well, I just it was the weirdest thing. Like you wake up at five o'clock in the morning, you don't expect to see China and, and too much in the ring together as as uh teammates. Uh, interesting. You sure it wasn't a dream? I'm positive, man. So at the end of this thing, there's there's some extracurriculars. Uh, Slaughter gets the the shit kicked out of him. Uh, King with the great line, he claims that Slaughter was sexually harassing China, implying that he had the beating coming. Which was a nice touch. Well, yeah. Next up, speaking of some of that harassment, we got Marrow and Sable <laughs> taking on Goldie and Luna. Yeah. And, yeah, quite the quite the tale here. So we get a Michael Cole package. Um, he talks about Marrow's rise to mediocrity, which is a nice touch. That was harsh, but um, you know, Sable's had all she could take. Luna and Goldust have been carrying on as oddballs in the Federation, with Dust transforming into somebody new every week. He even dressed up as Sable, complete with the lingerie and the coconut boobs. <laughs> as he and Marrow formed an unlikely alliance. So Sable's gorgeous. We get that. Uh, she's becoming a huge star here. Goldust's commitment to whatever he's doing is commendable. Uh, that guy's a, he's fucking working hard out there coming out as a different guy every week. Yeah. 
or gal. I mean, he's he definitely <laughs> right. He's, he's he's got some he's got some range on his his characters. Uh, he is. This was a uh, weird weird fucking team. So these guys were a tag team last month. Yeah, and you had you looked into your crystal ball and you knew that this wasn't going to last. Right, and you were you were correct. Yeah, and it was interesting because they obviously Sable and Mero obviously got cheered quite a bit when they came out. Uh, Luna and Dust not so much, but it was almost like they Mero wasn't really doing a ton of heel work on the way out, or anything like that. It seemed like they were kind of it kind of looked like he was face. He was doing he even did the uh, uh, the Mero salt in this this match, which is you know I, I, he I don't think at this time he was doing a ton of that as as being you know the the heel Mark Mero that he was, but. It was it was interesting. I I don't know. So Goldust is wearing a silver suit, right, with his his lingerie over the top of it, red red face paint this time around. Yeah, the lingerie over the top is kind of a staple these days. But uh, he's got like work boots on. Did you notice that? He doesn't have wrestling boots on. He's got like normal like work boots, like he's going to work in a shop. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was driving me nuts. I noticed the rest of his getup, but I thought he was he was looking pretty sharp. Silver, uh, silver suit, red face paint, silver black black lingerie, <laughs> silver hair, red accents. I got gotcha. you. F U on his face. Yeah, um, yeah. This uh, this was an interesting contest. This was more enjoyable than I expected. So Sable comes out. She looks pretty determined got the uh you know flashy black ring gear mm-hmm. and uh she's got the ponytail going on uh starts off with uh this match starts with what jr calls the two most insecure men in the wwf that's not uh, very kind of him so uh goldie so got- goes to tag sable by accident which i thought was pretty hilarious then he stumbles that was back a good spot. tags in luna uh what do you why what do you got there why so luna does a lot of talking about how she's going to rearrange sable's face and she's been the she has been the aggressor on sable before luna's been in many matches this is sable's first match and luna is doing this weird like chicken shit heel running away from sable not getting in the ring with her it didn't make sense to me at all sable should be in the ring with luna luna should not be running from her Luna should realistically be kicking the shit out of Sable in this in this match. Get the sympathy on Sable for the for the comeback. But that was not the way it went at all. And that part of it confused me because Luna had been the aggressor in a lot of those confrontations up to this match. But now that they're in a match, Luna's backing down in a in, you know, in that chicken shit kind of a heel way. I didn't like it. That part of this match really kind of bugged me when I was trying to watch it, trying to understand. I don't understand, but try. Yeah, I guess understand is probably the right way to go. Try to understand why they would go that route with it now, because there's no reason to. I, I get what you're saying. The first, like the first part of it, when she was chasing her around the ring, it's like, what's going on? Like, if Goldie's on the other end of the post with the clothesline, okay, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Luna's a, a crazy, wily veteran. Yeah. Um, I did. You listen to the crowd though. The crowd, oh, was, yeah. the crowd was going fucking nuts this whole time as Sable's kicking ass, which is right. probably why they did it that way. 
uh, to answer your question. And uh, I think I, I heard rumor that Luna was like threatened with getting the can if she hurt Sable. So weird. That could be why they set her up like this. But yeah, these, you know, Sable's not a wrestler. They, they she looked great in this though like courtesy of the other folks you know she yeah. de- she delivered a couple of blows to gold dust who sold them like a champ i didn't i forgot about some of johnny v bad's arsenal that he whipped out in this sucker that freaking springboard moonsault yeah the marrow salt where the hell did that come from man he, he was doing that when he was the wild man and then he nailed a i uh a huge hurricane rana from the top as well mm-hmm that's why I say he was using more of his face move set than than he had. So it was it was intriguing that part of the match at least because it was like man he could he could they could very well be a heel team together again. Yeah. The um, so yeah I I don't know Sable. Uh, you know it's like whenever she gets in there she's just got a full head of steam. So perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, uh, okay, here's another take on it. When somebody's running towards you, yeah, your natural, if somebody's running towards you with your with intent to harm you, your natural tendency is probably going to be to run away from the harm, right? No, I'm going to punch him in the fucking nuts. Okay. Or, I'm, or. I'm just, I'm just trying I'm, to, I'm just trying to figure out why, why, yeah, Luna was scared of this uh this up until now damsel in distress let me take that back if somebody is running at me with intent to harm i don't know if i'm running away i'm probably not going to punch him in the nuts but i'm going to look for an opening for a nut shot and that's what i'm going to take do we uh speaking of which there's we got gold dust in this thing so there's got to be uh oh, yeah, oh there, there is, is. Yeah, yep. yeah so delivered by marvelous mark Later on in the match, he hit, hits Goldie with a golden glove right to the package. Yeah. <laughs> right, Classic. Right to the Classic punching Nart's bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that's always good. Uh, that was, uh, there was, there was a TKO counter and there was around this, th- that spot in the match. I just wanted Sable to stop. I just needed her to stop. I didn't want to hear her yelling anymore. Her voice is, it's just bad. It's a very bad, very annoying voice. And her yelling, saying, come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Mark, get up. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. I had enough of it. I almost put it on mute. It was that loud on your end, huh? Yeah, man. I didn't make any note of it being like super distracting, but I'll take your word for it. She doesn't got a pleasant voice. And I might've been keying in on it just because of the fact that it drives me nuts. That's probably it. It's like a certain frequency. Like we talked about last time her. uh, Yeah. yeah. So what do we got here? We got, uh, Oh, there's something ridiculous that I have to cover here. Um, So, we got a what do we got a TKO um, by the Wild Man. Goldie goes for the or Wild Man goes for the pin. We get a two count. 
even though the dust makes no attempt to lift his shoulder or kick out or anything, uh, Luna's a little late to breaking it up. And oh, Goldie talking when she she Goldie, comes in and rakes his back. Yeah, well, and Goldie is still laying there, and Sable tags in. She covers Goldie, so Goldie's just out for a while. And you can't, she can't cover him. That's not the way a mixed tag works. I thought about that as well. There's, there's, there's a lot of little screwy things happening in this show, but so she's covering uh, Goldie. Luna goes to the top, goes for a splash to break it up, ends up hitting Goldie, and then I think we get the the we get a power bomb, and then we get a TKO out of Sable and uh, uh, Sable and the Wild Man are victorious. So this could have been really interesting after the match because they raised their hands and all that. And Jr. is still kind of naysaying Mark Marrow. Sable's leaving. Marrow stops her, brings her back in the ring, raises her hand. This could have really catapulted the marvelous one into some real top face shit. If he was a good guy, right? Right. It could have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They both could. They both could have skyrocketed right there. But with the commentary still naysaying Marrow, and it seemed like they're still kind of uh, comp or the fans seem to be cheering on Sable and maybe Marrow a little bit after Marrow asked her to come back in the ring and raised her hand. It seemed like a very face reaction for both of them. And then when they start walking down the aisle, Sable just looks pissed. She just won. She just won the match. She looks still just looks pissed, and Marrow is happy and he's having a good time. It's it was. It's weird. It's it doesn't it didn't make any sense to me, but I did laugh really hard when Mark Barrow pointed at himself and he goes, I did it! I did it. <laughs> that was very, very Owen Hart like type of uh thing to do there. So yeah. it it was okay. It was all right. Yeah. Uh... I, Sable was much better than than I remember. Um next up we got I think somebody played the wrong slide because they said oh, we're we got a tag title match, and then immediately later, it's or next, it's we got the Intercontinental title match. Yeah. Uh, we got Rock versus Shamrock. Tennessee Lee comes to the ring. <laughs> 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 to introduce Double J, J, I just got, this is a weird spot. Yeah, it is strange. <laughs> just kind of out of nowhere, Tennessee Lee's in the, in the ring to introduce... Double J, Double Jeff Jarrett, J. who's back to being just Double J, the guy that we wanted him to be before. And now he's he's no longer the world's greatest wrestler. He's back to being Double J. Uh, he's got the cowboy hat on. Cowboy hat. He's looking sharp. He's looking great. And then they bring Jen Flowers in there. And Jen Flower goes, I've been with a lot of great. And tell me, honey, you are great. Shut up, Jen Flowers. Shut up. She talks about doing a duet with uh, Double J, which okay. I think she means one of those sexual encounters. Hey, like a duet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a duet. So Jennifer introduces the competitors. We got the Rock accompanied by the Nation minus Farouk. Uh, Rock had recently hit Farouk with a chair, so I can understand why he's not accompanying him out there. Um, we get a flashback to some nasty chair shots. Uh, Shamrock literally asking for it. Yeah, and he got it. He, he got it. Um, he must have been in the zone at that time. 
Yeah, if the rock gets DQ'd, he loses the belt. Uh, you know what's so, funny about that? What's that? That stipulation. Uh, so Shamrock brings a chair into the ring. The ref is out of place, and the rock gets the weapon and smokes him with it. He wasn't trying to be sneaky at all. He gets disqualified. He loses the title. I mean, thank well, God, the, thank God, the ref was distracted or whatever the fuck he was doing. But that was that was a boneheaded move by the Rock. Well, this this match leaves. How do I put it? I don't like Ken Shamrock. I don't like him. And Rock's pretty good. I like the Rock, but I was this out of out of all of the. I got of all of the matches on this card. This was the one that I just kind of zoned out during. It just, I just, it, there was not a spot in the match where I was like, oh, hell yeah. Now you grab me. Now I'm in. Now you touch me nice. It didn't touch me nice throughout the entire, like, I just kind of zoned out in the match. So I don't have, you I got don't have, that, sh- got into that zone with Shamrock. I got into a different <laughs> kind of zone, man. So that's like, he does get it with the chair, chair shot, the two, the two count there. And that, that was, that was like, I have very minimal notes on this match. I, it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me, I guess. Like I said, it was uh short, which, well, it was short, which was good. Um, the match, the match short, but all the theatrics around it, especially afterwards. That was, long. that was just as long, if not longer. Yeah. So yeah. the rock hit a people's elbow, which is a brilliant move because that actually caught my attention, you know? So that was about it for high spots. We get shamrock locks in the ankle lock. Uh, he wins the title. This is the second time he's won the title against the Rock, and second time it's been thrown out because he's a dickhead. So he wouldn't release the hold. Farouk comes out, and refuses to help the Rock. Dick, that move. was pretty. That was a pretty funny thing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so Shamrock he snaps. He attacks the officials. Decisions re- reversed. We get the Rock getting carted off there. Shamrock's trying to kill this man. Uh, just want, and everybody else. He's, he's a rabbit. He's, he's a rabid animal. He starts it's, throwing all the officials around, and then that guy in the brown suit. I don't know who that. Do you know who that brown, was? I no, I don't. I don't know who that was. But that guy was absurd, man. So he starts throwing everybody around, and this guy's waving his hands around like some type of jackass. And then he Shamrock throws one of the officials, and the other guy just starts walking up, like his hands up, like he's going to go hug a lo- an old friend that he hasn't seen in like three years. He's like, "Oh shit, it's good to see you again, Ken." And he just gets fucking tossed. That guy. Ooh, he was something. Patterson didn't go for a ride this time, but that that brown suit motherfucker, he was something else. I couldn't recognize that guy. I figured that just has to be somebody, you know. Yeah, I I didn't recognize. Him. I had no idea who it is. But I mean, yeah, I, I I gotta agree. It's a I mean, it's a sign of a good show, which I think we're on our way to a good show here. But this was the low light, maybe. <sighs> Yeah. Either this or the first match. We'll we'll get we'll get to it at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a. This is a legendary melee of a shit show match, um, <laughs> in all the right ways. I enjoyed it this time as much as I. Oh, probably not quite as much, but almost as much as I enjoyed it back. You know, twenty years ago. Uh, we got dumpster match for the tag championships. We got the outlaws gets cactus and chainsaw. Road dog just really 
coming into his own as a trash talker on his way down to the ring. We get the classic, your your tag team champions of the world. All bit. Um, there are too many spots to keep up with in this thing. I uh, just marked the, the, the high ones early on. The Funker gets dumped in there and, uh, he's hanging out in the dumpster for a little while. I think I thought the hardcore legend team might be in trouble, but, uh, Meanwhile, Cactus goes for goes off the apron and he misses a somersault and just plows into the dumpster. <laughs> Man, that yeah, that's that he ran into that dumpster a couple a uh, couple of different times. Like at one point he had, you know, the the spot where he sets the or his opponents sitting down in the corner and he runs and just rams his like his his thigh oh, yeah. into him. Oh, yeah. He does that, but he does it in the to the dumpster so he just essentially runs headfirst into the dumpster not a smart move no yeah the outlaws get the upper hand they're really really beating the shit out of the veterans um but they're not able to get the lid closed they got both of them in there i can't read what i'm writing here um (laughs) oh here we go we got a sweet we got a sweet looking uh elbow smash from the apron to Mr. Ass's face uh, by Cactus. Sweet cooking pan elbow smash. There it is. I couldn't read that. Uh, <laughs> so Cactus has a cooking pan. He winds up and does his, uh, does his uh, classic elbow smash to the outside right on, right on Mr. Ass's face. A cooking pan? Is that what you actually call it in real life? A cooking pan? A cooking sheet, whatever. It's a baking sheet. A cooking pan? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Cooking well, pan. Potato, potato, you know. And then we get a ladder. Uh, for no good reason, Cactus Jack starts climbing the ladder. And then uh, Mr. Ass uh, and decides to climb the thing with him. And we get a classic spot where the, the Funker, just a beautiful sequence. Funker gets smoked with something. And then he falls backwards, hits the ladder, uh, ass and cactus fly into the dumpster. Seen this uh, this thing hundreds of times. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think visually that spot was the best part of the match. Mm-hmm. Just from just straight visual, like if you're gonna do a highlight reel from this event, that spot is the spot that you take out of this match for that especially from the, the camera angle of Funker falling into the ladder and both of both ass and cact going flying into the dumpster. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple other good ones. I don't want to, I don't want to hog all the, all the airtime here. If you got some stuff you want to get into. Well, there was a spot where cact threw a dust pan into the damn ring and funk just picked it up and threw it back out. <laughs> It's like he was like, oh man, fucking, I got this sweet weapon. Use this. And Funk was like, you just threw me a fucking dustpan, a plastic dustpan, sweet weapon. I bring a goddamn chainsaw to the ring, and you want me to use a plastic dustpan to attack my opponent? Try again, Cact. You've been in exploding barbed wire death matches, and you throw me a plastic dustpan to use to, to incapacitate my opponent? You are wrong. You yeah, are wrong. That was a miss. For sure. 
they they made good use of uh, what they had for the staging area and these guys after uh, battling in the the staging area the ringside they outlaws take cactus to the back we get some fun in the in the backstage area yeah he uh, threw him into like a catering rack yeah Jeez. That's too much. You gotta leave the catering racks alone. There's some and good then he food threw there. We got starving he, children out there. Fuck. He threw them through. It looked like they were set up like bowling pins, but were those big cooler bottles that you used to be able to walk into the gas station to reach in and grab yourself a 20 ounce? Yeah. A couple of Powerades one. But you see, it was, there was a surge one. <laughs> of course there was. That was awesome. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Uh, surge was, uh, that was a, that was a hell of a drink back then. Yeah, I made a comeback a couple of years ago. I think it's been taken off the market again, though. Nah, I bet you could still get a surge. Yeah, specialty order, probably. Yeah, well, when it came back, I tried one. They're not that good. It's a pretty poor poor choice of soda, but I thought it was kind of cool to see the surge thing there. And the them fighting back and forth. The, the was it Cact got the double, the double arm DDT. Yeah, the forklift. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and then fucking Terry Terry Funk is driving that thing. He <laughs> should not be operating any type of machinery, man. That was that was bad. And they go to there's like a double sized uh, uh, dumpster there, and he lifts him up, and he said, "I got him, Cack! I got him! I got him!" <laughs> he drives him up, and there's so on a on a uh, forklift like that, there's a tilting. So I'm guessing that he was supposed to tilt, so they slid off but he didn't really tilt it that well. And then they just, they just kind of rolled off the top of it. He he puts her in reverse and cat closes the lid on the. And so once the lids closed, the match is over. So this extra part was what didn't need to even happen, but he drives and he just rams the dumpster. I I don't, I stop it with the, with the forklift because Terry Funk should be operating that right. He's, he can't even operate suspenders to keep his fucking pants up and you're going to give him a forklift. Uh, he puts the forklift, he lowers the damn pallet down and seals them in the dumpster for forever. This is a fun match. Um, I, I remember I'd never seen anything like this before when I saw it the first time around as a kid and even, uh, Shit, this was the first dumpster match, they said. I don't know if there had been another dumpster match since. I don't uh, remember seeing another one since. But, you know, kind of a little a little buzzkill off of this high. I guess they stripped Cact and uh, Funker of the titles because I do not, I, with that in mind, I do remember hearing uh, JR say that, you know, this dumpster at ringside, they got to deposit him in. So it was huh. overturned because they put him in the wrong fucking dumpster. Well, isn't that something? Yeah, that's uh, I guess a little bit of a buzzkill from that high. And I, I really have no business mentioning that because that's after our year of is complete here. But right. Um, you know, nevertheless, uh, they were the tag team champions for a night. So what do you so far as this uh, you rank this one at the top or you got something else uh as far as matches that we've seen of this event yeah yeah it, it had a lot of excitement to it yeah i mean it, it's a hardcore match so it's kind of hard to you can't really take a hardcore match and put them up against you know uh agula and taka yeah or h or h and owen you can't really 
it's not fair to compare them because they're completely different or the battle royal it's just they're just completely different style matches to be that that is one thing that i do like about this card is that the the matches there is a, there, a little something different in each one so you got a battle royal you got the high flyers you got your hardcore you got your uh, technical wrestling with Owen and, and H and whatever bullshit happened with rock and, and shamrock. So th- there's a little something for everybody so far on this card, which is something I, I really did appreciate about it. There's yeah. no minis, but right. Uh, yeah, they, they, they put together a good one here and we're, we're getting to the main events now. Um, Undertaker versus Kane for the first time. This is not the main event, but this is, uh, it's right there. It's, uh, this is the beginning of one of the, you know, uh, this is one of the best storylines that they ever did. And one of the, um, you know, one of the greatest feuds in the history of the Federation, really. Um, so Kane is alive. He's been kicking everybody's ass in the Federation. Um, you know, Taker goes through this bit where it's like, uh, I'm not going to fight my own flesh and blood. <laughs> <laughs> you almost sounded like you, it's almost like you sounded like you're going to do a, uh, a Sarge there. <laughs> no, you got oh, the I'm Sarge, not going to fight my own flesh and blood. <laughs> Undertaker's a little bit slower. He's like, I'm not going to fight my own flesh and blood. And then later on, he's like, I will walk right through the pits of hell. <laughs> Got it in a 180 there. I guess when you're fucking burnt alive, when you're locked inside of a casket and your brother fucking kills you and you come back to life, <laughs> I guess your, your your viewpoints on who you will and won't fight kind of change. Right, right. So uh, backstory, basically, we've been covering this for the past several shows. Uh, according to Paul Bear, The Undertaker... The Undertaker set uh, the house on fire, some shit with his parents of Kane in there. Yeah, he murders his family. And Kane has been alive, been kept secret by Paul, I guess. I, who knows? It's a mystery. But Kane is alive, and he's coming to get him, get him some revenge. And he thought he got that revenge at the Rumble. We not only cost the Undertaker the uh, championship, but he fucking put him in a casket and burned it. Yeah, that's a that's an <laughs> attempted murder right there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the Undertaker uh, uses his mysterious powers to, uh, to to vanish. You can't fuck with Undertaker in a casket. Really, that's true. Yeah, the yeah, only t- have, uh, <laughs> the only times he's lost, he's pulled some pretty fucking out of this world yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so. Yeah, this was uh, this this was a real long package, but I I let it I let it slide because, like I said, this is one of the best uh, deals that they put together. Um, both these guys have paranormal powers, which they've been showing off in recent weeks. Um, but here we have it. This is the first time the Undertaker and Kane. Uh, <laughs> but first, we got the we got Pete Rose making his. Uh, his debut, uh, his first first appearance in the legendary uh, Hall of Fame career of Pete Rose, um, comes out, heckles the crowd, and gets assaulted by Kane. You're shaking so your this, head over there. Well, this 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 was the might be the dumbest thing on the card. So Pete Rose comes out, 
to to do the introductions. Mm-hmm. And he starts going heel on the crowd. <laughs> you guys can't win a World Series. The what curse about of the- it? Yeah. What about it? Curse of the Bambino. Uh, what? I called my friend Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick it up. Uh. <laughs> it's fucking dumb, right? It's fucking dumb. And then what happens? Kane comes out and tombstones Paul Bearer, and he gets a hero's welcome from the Boston the Boston crowd Pete because Pete Rose. What? Tombstone Pete Rose. Yeah. You Kane tombstones. Bear. That's I fucked up. I was too excited. So <laughs> Kane tombstones Pete Rose. Yeah. And he gets a hero's ovation for, for tombstoning Pete Rose, who just shit on all local Boston sports. Of course they're gonna cheer him. Right. It makes no sense. But he's the bad guy. Or is he right. really the bad guy though? I mean, look at this storyline, man. Is Kane the bad guy? Boy, that's you know, this thing is that, so. That's a that's a this, valid point. This storyline is so good, you don't even know, right? It, I think maybe he's not. Maybe he's not the bad guy. He's just misunderstood, because if Undertaker did uh, is a murderer and set fire to, to killed all of his family members, but Kane had some of those paranormal powers and somehow survived and lived, uh, I don't know, in Paul Bearer's basement all these years, and then he comes back to to reap revenge. That's kind of a hero story on the Kane end of things. Now, if Paul Bear is not telling the truth, and maybe Kane tried to kill the entire family, and Paul Bear twisted it, right? He twisted the story. Then there's there's something to be said there. Either way, I think it's a bad move to have Kane, this this hated heel, come down and tombstone Pete Rose, who just had the heel heat, and now Kane's get the hero. Kane gets the hero's uh, ovation. That that doesn't make sense. It was it was strange. It was totally out of place. But yeah. it got a huge pop out of the crowd. You know, uh, you you asked why Sable had a head of steam. Huge, or why she was kicking everybody's ass. Huge pop out of the crowd. They, they were aiming to please with this one. And there were a lot of spots that just happened just for that in this show. Yeah. What about Undertaker's entrance? I got an issue with this, but what do, you, uh, what do you? I thought it was a classic taker entrance. You know, it took all day, like it usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the fire, right? What's mm-hmm. what's not to love? So the druids come out and classic. Yeah, but they don't have their face covered. The druids have to have their face covered. That's that's a rule of being a druid. You cover your face. I knew you something never see... was different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're holding up these. The holding up the what do you call them with the fire whatever the fire sticks I don't know what the fuck they're called torch torch yeah it's a good you <laughs> Mister journalist degree uh, so <laughs> they, got, they got they got the torches they're holding them up and the camera goes by and you see one druid who's barely got the the damn uh, hood up on his hood and he's he's fucking wearing glasses druids can't wear glasses. That's that's a rule. That is a druid rule that goes way back into the the, the days of druids, back in. That's a good point. You know when whenever it was, but druids can't wear glasses. And the other thing about this entrance too is that I don't know how much those torches weigh. I'm guessing a a little bit. And those motherfuckers had to hold them up there the entire time. 
that takes that takes a little bit of uh you know okay you got to have some druid strength for that but th- that guy in the glasses i don't know who that is but that guy pissed me off yeah you got to be pretty fit to be wielding the torch like that for that amount of time yeah that's uh yeah you know i i'm with you on the glasses part for sure glasses druid that's like it just don't work you know it's not that's they don't exist in the same world right you know other than that you know this is kind of a standard uh you know big eerie intro or entrance whatever you got any other issue with it no i think it is predominantly around the the druids not having their faces covered and the one guy in the glasses that was a thing that that bothered me probably the most about the the entrance it had to be hot as shit to walk through oh yeah well he what did he tell us he's gonna walk through the the, the fires of hell or whatever yeah that's that's what he did and what he did um so this starts out with an epic stare down um you know, most stare downs don't much care for this one. We can we can let her slide. Uh, letting a lot of stuff slide on this show. Uh, but so take her, the take. Go ahead. Take her. Take her sells very well for Kane. Yes, and it is it is very interesting to see him work with Kane because Kane is a little bit bigger than Taker is, and to see Undertaker be able to fly around the ring the way that he did in this match mm-hmm. was was pretty it was pretty cool to see because Taker doesn't usually face a guy that is kind of his equal, right, and not to be. Uh, a jerk to uh, your El Gigantes or your Yokozunas, but they they did not have the same type of in ring move set and skill that Kane has. So it was it was really nice to see a match like this work for Taker as going against somebody that's kind of like his equal. It was very it was very intriguing, and they did a lot of those spots where you just sat up right away. It was it was it was good, man. Taker is Taker's. He's one of the greatest of all time. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Especially for his size, he, yep. um, it's incredible. He, yeah, Kane delivers most of the punishment in this one. Um, early on, spot that caught my attention. He picked him up in a tombstone type of type of uh, hold, and he just dumped him in the corner and in a tree of woe. Yeah, he uh, tried to trio woe him, but Taker had already dropped down, so he couldn't get his foot wrapped around. Yeah, so he couldn't quite quite trio woe him. I'm not sure if that was a botch. It felt like it was kind of a botch, but I'm not sure what they were going for. To be honest with you, there's a yeah, I'm not sure either. But yeah, Taker's uh one of the best ever at taking taking the beating, which is that's a common denominator of all the greats. Um. Uh, you know, we happen to have a, several of the all-time greats like on this show here, uh, but he, we get another contender for spot of the night here. Uh, Taker makes a little bit of a comeback, goes for his flying man suicide dive over the top rope, completely destroys the Spanish announce table. 
yes it's it's beautiful um so i do want to before the, that i want to i want to rewind just a just a spot right. taker goes up and he's on top of kane's shoulders yeah what was that you know and for like the setup looked like he was going to get up on his shoulders turn around and, and do a hurricane rata that's like that would have been like the cruiserweight <laughs> setup and I went, man, how fucking sweet would that have been if he went up there onto Kane's shoulders and it spun around into a Hurricane Rana? I bet. He but they have. did, they did like a a front facing uh, electric chair drop, like a set out electric chair drop. Right. That, it didn't look that, right. It looked awful. It looked awful. But how, man, would have been pretty fucking pumped. Would have had a pretty fantastic boner had they went and done that Hurricane Rana. Yeah, I just, I saw that and I didn't know what, how we got there or what was, <laughs> what the intent was. So I just didn't even make a note about it. It's like uh, the Stonehenge think, song. Nobody knows who they were or what they were doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that clip from the last show. What is Earl doing? What are we doing? <laughs> So, so, but yeah, uh, fast forward back to the spot that you're talking about. He Taker flies, lands right on the Spanish announce notes table. And one of the things that we saw so far in this season two is when the Spanish announce table gets destroyed, the Spanish announcers are fucking hilarious at selling it. <laughs> yeah. Because Hugo is like sideways in his chair. That's their spot, man. Slowly falling backwards to his demise, I guess. (laughs) Just watching him slowly fall backwards. And it looked, you would have thought that he was gripping the side of the Grand Canyon about to fall to his death. The way he was like, oh no! I'm falling! It's like you're in a fucking, you're in a chair. You're not even two feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> great, great sell job there by Hugo. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that was that was a great spot. Um, that can't feel good. I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, you, you you fly over the top rope. You're like fucking 15 feet in the air, just on a collision course with a table. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know that uh, the the threshold for punishment these guys have is something else. Um, so <laughs> in the meantime, I just got Paul Bearer is great. You oh, get yeah? you get him mugging the mugging the audio end of the camera <laughs> throughout the match, <laughs> just with a bunch of you burn it hell, damn you, damn you. Yeah. <laughs> It's nowhere near Paul Bear, but I'm not even trying. You know, it's just just added comedy on the on the yeah. comment, on the on the the bit there. So um, Kate hits a top rope clothesline. Um, looks good. Taker gets uh, gets some action. He goes for a tombstone. Kane reverses it into my early pick for finisher of the year, the Kane tombstone, and the Taker kicks out. So yeah, um, hmm. I think that's where I got lost in this match because I, I was 
I was laughing probably still about Hugo, to be honest with you. But I got Kane hits, uh, Kane reverse, Tombstone reverse, Kane hits it. Yep. And then I got Kane sits up after first Tombstone. <laughs> so I don't know if I just blacked out laughing or if that, that spot was actually the, the next spot. I have, I don't, like, I yeah. must have went back, must have went back to my zone. <laughs> so Taker's, like, channeling the, uh, Nobody knows where the urn is these days. That kind of bothers me. Um, Taker's kind of channeling the uh, the creatures of the night or whatever he's doing, and he gets, after taking a cane tombstone, he gets the upper hand, delivers a choke slam, delivers a tombstone, Kane sits up, delivers another tombstone, Kane kicks out, delivers a third tombstone, Gets the three, but Kane kicks out on the three. So he gets the victory at that point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a decent way to wrap it up, I guess. I mean, this thing thing is far from over. You could tell, which obviously this is their first encounter. So, and I don't think well done in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think God Hogan, he kicked out of a tombstone. Did he not? I that's, uh, that's the note I made. Is this accurate? Because Ross says nobody's kicked out of a tombstone. I I, I think the, that, I think the Hulkster hooked up out of one. I th- I think so. I'm not positive, but I think the Hulkster hulked out of one. Outside of that, I can't think of any other time when somebody kicked out of the tombstone. Outside Higher of this, I can't. This. Right, and Kane kicks out of it twice. I mean, almost kind of three times, even though they got the three count on the last one. So it makes Kane look super strong, and that that is it's it was a good it was a good start to the i not i guess it's not the start to their feud but to the the match portions of their feud because this will continue on uh so to have this have their first match against each other at wrestlemania it felt like a big moment i i think it was a big moment and i think that the finish was like the finish was really good. The match work, there wasn't a lot to dislike. We we talked about that kind of bad electric chair top drop type of uh, spot, but outside of that, that seemed like the only. Oh, and then the 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 one tombstone miss, but outside of that, the rest of the match was pretty damn clean. So it was it was a good it was a good match. I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I thought that both of them both of them came out strong. I agree. After the match. Uh... Paul Bear tosses a chair in the ring and Kane who typically so every other guy that the Undertaker's faced up to this point is taking a nap in the ring after this right Kane basically just kicked out of three tombstones so he's up he's ready to get him some so he, he puts the hurt on the taker gives him a tombstone on the chair and it just uh yeah, just it it hits all the spots, leaves you leaves you wanting more. Everybody mm-hmm. looks good, and this takes us to the main event. Uh, we've had a lot of <laughs> a lot of questionable shows and duds over this year, and uh, just nice to have a this this thing's solid so far. I don't think the main yeah. event's going to take anything away from it either. We got Shawn Michaels defending against Stone Cold Steve Austin for the title with uh, Mike Tyson, the special enforcer. More of a special attraction than anything, but um, yeah. So we get uh, we get the package. 
about the feud here. Austin's on fire. He's a you know biggest thing since the Hulkster, basically. Right. Um, as far as the crowd goes, uh, the Degeneration X said it appeared as if they had recruited Tyson to their side, giving Heartbreak the distinct disadvantage or advantage. Um, going into the match, uh, Tyson really likes doing the 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 crotch shots with the yeah. X. Yeah. He's doing that. Suck it. He's doing that all day, and he's laughing his ass off. Yeah. Did that annoy you? <laughs> so this looks like a big dummy, but it's like he could kill you. So uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he's kind of like uh, is it Dave Sullivan? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Just a big dummy, but he probably he could kill you. <laughs> so, well, I'd take Tyson over Sullivan in a fight, but Dave Sullivan, yeah, not Kevin Sullivan, Dave Sullivan. And Kevin Sullivan might be a. I'd I'd take Tyson over either of them. What about both of them? Do they have to tag each other in? Nope. Talking a wrestling match? Yeah. Do TKOs count? Yeah. You got to still got to pin them. Mm, that's a toss-up. I don't I'm a, think I'm a, I'm a Tyson guy, so I'd, I'd probably still go with Tyson. Do you, not, do you not remember Dave Sullivan? He was a buffoon. Yeah. He didn't win. Why would I think that he would beat Mike Tyson? He won some matches. Who did he beat? I think he beat Kevin Sullivan, probably. <laughs> Why are we talking about Kevin Sullivan here? <laughs> he got to <laughs> Steve Austin for the fucking title. You want to talk about Kevin Sullivan? Well, no, I was talking about I was talking about David Sullivan, but uh, so. Either way, that's even worse. <laughs> so, what what I will say is that uh, Fuck, he does look like a he does least, look like a. <laughs> at least Kevin Sullivan had the Dungeon of Doom. Jeez. Let's so, get off of this. All right. <laughs> Let's get off on it. Uh, so, I will okay. say this: that did not bother me. The the crotch chops and him laughing while he did it that didn't bother me at all because to this day. I will still look at a buddy when they come over and go, suck it, and start laughing. So, no, okay. it didn't bother me. Yeah, There's no natural. reason for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit. I uh, had a buddy over yesterday, and I told him to suck it with some chops and started laughing. That's It's funny. Yeah, it's, it is funny. I mean, I don't think he needed to wear the DX shirt out there. Would you want him to wear a suit? A fucking... The zebra shirt, man. Oh, like an official shirt? Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes you question if Austin's ultimate victory here is legitimate. Hmm. I never guess. I guess I didn't think that deep into it. But I mean, deep dive, man. Deep dive. But I could overlook that. I mean, it's uh, this this view's been brewing here. The heartbreak's been the champion since. Uh, Take it away from uh, the hitman in controversial fashion. 
at the Survivor Series. Stone Cold Steve Austin just won his second Royal Rumble in a row. And here we have it. This was, you know, on paper, this was looking like it was going to be a classic. And it uh, these guys did not disappoint. Uh, DX Band, huh? Oh, right. The, the DX Band is out Not there. as good. Not as good. I don't like... I never really like live bands playing wrestlers down to the ring, but this especially didn't really feel very good. I told you the national anthem bullshit they did sucked. Yeah. And then they come and break it down and you didn't like it, huh? No, I didn't much. I didn't much care because they, they kind of played a rendition of it for Tyson when Tyson came down and then obviously Austin comes down to the huge ovation and then they played the actual song for HBK to come down. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do an awful lot. I don't think it adds. That's the thing. You want consistency, right? And having the live band there perform it, they play it a little bit quicker than it normally is. Uh, the vocals, he, he, I think he botched one of the verses and read, he did the same verse, I think twice in a row. There's something off there. I didn't, I didn't care for it, but once they, you know, once they started getting into the match, uh, my first note is, well, can you guess what my first, I bet you could probably guess what my first note is. First note from the actual match? From the match. Once the match starts. Once they rung the, the ding ding. Yeah. Once they rang the ding ding. Um, was there anything before the Michaels ass spot? That is the exact, that is my that, very first ass that, already. That was a record, man. I'm sure he, it's because it was mania too. Uh, I've never seen it. His ass has been out all over the place. It was, it was out oh, for, yeah. for good 10, 20 seconds, a whole sequence of moves. Right. And he, he did a, he did a back body, back body dropped him and he just, triple H looks up and all of a sudden he's, he's, He's fucking Michaels up the ass with his giant nose. <laughs> like, how did you you look up and you see Shawn Michaels' ass coming into your face? Like, oh man, it was it was too quick and it was too much. That's 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 what I got to say about that. So, we'll set up the the Michaels' ass spot here. Um, so he was, I think he was looking to get away from Austin. Austin grabs him by the trunks, yanks yanks the trunks down. Uh, there's a uh, there's an exchange that happens and Michael's pants are still down. They do, they do the old Irish whip deal. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, ass still out. Austin, <laughs> Austin back body drops Michaels. And like you said, he gets uh triple H gets an ass right to the face. Uh, on the outside. I think he pulls his pants up at that point. Oh, hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that was it's a it's a trademark of his matches at the, in this stage. Um, yeah. they, it's not one that I necessarily care for. No, it's kind of funny that it's a recurring like it's a recurring gag, you know? Right. It's right. like it's like Kramer coming in through the door on Seinfeld. like that <laughs> it's, you know it's coming you know 
I suppose there's like a violent round of applause when it happens, but no, not everybody starts cheering. Hey, his ass is out. <laughs> like Norm showing up on cheers. Hey, it's ass again. <laughs> so, I mean, I do got to give this to Michael's. Um, one of the best, you know, in-ring performers there is um, from an entertainment value and what have you. But as he's embraced this, like he's been a bad guy most of his singles run. Um, but as he's embraced this, like rogue, I'm a degenerate thing. Like he, uh, he's gotten a lot, he's gotten dirtier and he plays the dirty game pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'll recall the Hitman match, the first half of that match is just a fucking outside of the ring melee shit show. Yeah. Uh, we get some of the same here, and he, well, the DX band did provide some foreign object assistance, so there was mm-hmm. that. That was a dangerous move. I was thinking about that. I play drums, right? You're aware of this. So HBK grabs a cymbal. Wait, when did you start playing drums? <laughs> HBK grabs a cymbal stand with the cymbal on it and just yeah. wallops Austin with it. That, that could have taken his head off. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of equipment there that uh, is not very safe to be using in a wrestling match. So what do you, what do you think of this portion of the match? I'd say, I mean, probably a third of the match is, is uh, you know, outside of the ring brawling. And that's that's kind of stunning Steve's calling cards, this brawling bullshit. And like, I, was, I was just stroking off heartbreak for him stepping up his brawling game. Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? So... I think that one of the reasons that you do have him in this style of match, uh, especially with the, like the brawling aspect of it is it seems like his, his health maybe isn't doing so well. So I think that if you were to have him in his like WrestleMania 12, right. Technical match with, with Bret Hart all the way through. There was some outside stuff. For the most part, it was just a beautiful match in the ring. And I think that you could have definitely done that. But as you watch the match, it seems like he is health-wise, like he is not all together. His body's got to be falling apart on him. So in order to eat up the time that you would having one of those beautiful wrestling matches, you do some brawling. You kill, you kill a lot of time with brawling and there's spots that you can go to and it'll grab, you know, still grab the crowd and all that. But you do that in place of some of what would be kind of the beautiful wrestling of it. Because they did, they had a fucking outstanding match, the two of them, a technical match earlier in this in this run of episodes that we've done. And so this, they can do that, but it, it seems like they, they use this brawling to maybe eat up some of the time, maybe help with the, you know, fueling that these guys hate each other kind of stuff. But yeah. the first the first portion of the match was 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 pretty good. I like that Triple H attacked Austin and there's still no DQ and they finally kicked Triple H out of there. That was a good move. I, I like how Tyson doesn't he gets involved a little bit, but he doesn't do anything that's consequential, like right. until the end, which is good. Um, and yeah, Michael's um, a flashback to his last performance. He he suffered a legitimate back injury that will take take him 
out of the game here for several years at the mm-hmm. Rumble. And you could see it in his face. He's not faking that. He's in, he's like wincing in pain. Like he, I've, nev- yeah. I've never seen him sell like that before. You know what I mean? Right. He looks, he is, he is definitely, I mean, you can see that he is definitely in pain and there's definitely, he's definitely off a step. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with the match. Right. Like it's not, it's not a bad match. Cause I still think it's a pretty damn good match, but you can see it's not to the regular caliber yes. of a, of a Michaels type of a match. And you know, yeah. Note I made was um, regarding that is he, I agree with you there. It isn't as crisp, isn't as, uh, but he's still better than everybody else. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. He, he's still able to pull it off. I really, I really commend this performance. Just knowing that he was, I, I give Michael's huge props for this performance. Um, and not just for any of the bullshit I just talked about, but because he dropped a title cleanly on his way out. This is, has he dropped a title clean before this? He's just fucking walked out rather than losing the belt. Yeah. So yeah, he actually dropped the, he did the right thing, which I, I give him credit for. And he, you know, even though you could tell he was, he was a hurting unit, he still, um, you know, he didn't shy away from taking most of the bumps. He usually does, you know? Yeah. So well, yeah. what what do you got for high spots in this in this guy? So not I mean not a ton, and that's that's predominantly because I was I was actually I was pretty into this match. And generally if I don't have a ton of if I don't have a ton of notes on a match, it's probably because one of two things. One, I entered my zone, or two, <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm really enjoying the match. Right. And I really I was really I really enjoyed this match it did seem again it seemed like austin or not austin but triple h fucking that triple one guy <laughs> that other guy the guy that you want to give a blowy to uh hbk hbk is it seems oh, like he, he is he is, seems like he is he is off you know there's there's no there's there's no two ways about that he is off but it, it, it's it's still a very good worked match uh it it got to where it needed to get to the uh, at one point uh, like I, I do like how you said like Tyson was involved but not really involved to any real consequence mm-hmm. and I think that that was really uh, that statement really showed when he walked over and just kind of patted Austin on the head he just like kind of put his hand on his head and then just kind of walked away very strange spot but it was just like he's like oh no I'm just letting him know I'm here a very strange spot the the part that I enjoyed probably the most of, of the match was the finish because of the, I like that setup. Like I remember that setup probably more than any other setup to a finish of, of an Austin or of, of an Austin stunner. It's the, you know, the, the, the sweet chin. Nope. The stunner. Nope. The sweet chin. Nope. The stunner got it. it, yeah. it it's, it's that and they, it works out very fluid. It worked out very well. So that that's the part I think that I loved the most was that the way the finish hit. It was an excellent sequence for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Prior to that, Michaels nails the he nails the elbow drop. You know, warms up the band, 
like you said, swing and a miss, stunner, no go. Strike two for Michaels and with the chin music, then uh, just, a, just a really pretty exchange. And then uh, Tyson hops in the ring, takes it upon himself to count the three. Um, and we have a new champion. The Austin is the world champion for the first time. Um, he and Tyson celebrate. Tyson, uh, well, HPK gets in Tyson's face and he, he pays for it. And uh, Tyson finally earns all that money that they that they gave him, and he gives Sean a gives Sean a lick, sends him to the canvas, and that's about it. Yeah, he does not stop chewing this gum though. It's one of the funniest parts of this that that whole thing, and I think it might be a little bit different on Peacock than it was in the home video. Because on the home video, I remember like they kind of zoomed in, and he is laying on this his back, just chewing his gum. <laughs> Just, just going to town on his gum after he gets hit by Tyson. But they should know better than to zoom in on Heartbreak's face when he's laying on a mat. But uh, so the confetti I thought was ridiculous. I thought the confetti was dumb. You don't give confetti to Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's not a you give him beer. Yeah, you throw him this beer. The celebrating the confetti I think was was not very. I thought it was kind of a waste and. It didn't look very good either because it started to come down. He was already out of the ring when it started to come down. It wasn't like he was standing on the corner post and they dropped the confetti. He was already pretty much right. gone and the, and the confetti dropped. I think that was kind of a waste. Wasn't really into the confetti. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Austin, a hell of a way for him to to win his first championship. I think them walking out together and Tyson in a DX shirt was a miss and he did austin did give him a shirt he should have grabbed two shirts he should have put the shirt on and he didn't put the shirt on i don't know i I have no idea why but i think that part was was kind of a a miss because watching them walk back together it would have been a much better picture had tyson had the austin shirt on as they were leaving it was just what it just visually i think it would have been better but also not a lot of not a lot of complaints about that match all right well this was a good one, man. I, I enjoyed this show. I'm glad that it wasn't just, uh, you know, the case with several of these events was, you know, I maybe remembered them a little more fondly than they are as an adult. This one seemed to hold up, though. Um, each of us are going to review what we went over this season, and we've got, we I think it's 15 fucking episodes, and we're going to come back with our next show. is going to be a recap, and we're going to, uh, you know, pick our pick our favorite shows and matches, but this was got this was up there uh, as far as the best show for me. Um, there was something about every match I enjoyed. So, I mean, what else? What else you want? Uh, in the battle royal, was the one thing that you enjoyed, Sunny? I think Sunny and just seeing all the you know, seeing the new Midnight Express was cool. Seeing the Rock and Roll yeah. Express was cool. I did, okay. yeah. I thought it was a cool way to start, even though it was a bit of a shit show. But Sonny mm-hmm. was Sonny was I guess it's saying something with somebody who didn't compete in the match was a high point of the match. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I th- did you forget that Kirkin was there as well? If the camera guy would have done his job, I would have that would have right, you know good point. 
Good point. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode. The next episode's uh, always, I mean, that's a fun one. We do our, our recap and we do our highs and lows and it's got, it's almost like an award show. All right. All right. So uh, don't forget to tune into that. This is the season finale of uh, our second go around. We've taken you from WrestleMania 13 to WrestleMania 14. Uh, my colleague's got something to say here. Oh, no, I was just thinking the other cool thing that we'll do in the uh, in the recap episode is we will unveil what year we're going to cover next. Right. Right. So we got we got two in the can here. We're going to be. I'll give it, you might have two in the can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <You> freak. <laughs> I'll put one in your can. Don't worry. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to recapping this. It's been a pretty wild ride. Thanks for tuning in. It's been, like I said, about 15 shows, but uh, we'll just give you a recap of what went down and then our highs and lows and let you know where we're going next. So um, for uh, Jaded Wrestling, uh, it's been the year of Duke and Rogue. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue.